Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 16, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The market is not short of providing material to discuss. We have plenty of stuff on the docket. First thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart, see what's jumping off the page. By the way, what's the 468.95 number? We're going to get to that later. You probably have a clue why it's there. I'll give you a hint. It was the last line of defense. Let's talk about the daily chart. Again, above all the moving averages, she's fine. The trend is your friend, all that stuff. But we can't help but notice what happened today. It was essentially a gap and crap. Here's your 15-minute chart. The market gapped up right at the vertical today's activity, and then she crapped out. What we do not have is what's called a reversal candle or an engulfing candle. In fact, while the volume was good today, it was not heavier than yesterday. Now, granted, we had Fed Kabuki Theater yesterday. The volume almost the same on a down day is probably an eyebrow razor, at least for me. We keep in mind, it is quadruple witching options expiration in addition to Kabuki Theater Week. What did we say early in the week? What did we say last week? We said weird stuff happens. They whip the market around. We know that we're accustomed to big swings in both directions. We've been talking about this stuff for weeks. Expect this stuff. Expect big swings up, big swings down. One day everything looks fine. The next day it doesn't. Get used to that. You're going to see more of that. When we look at the weekly chart, is there anything wrong with the tape? Absolutely not. They're building energy. They're eating time off the clock. They're staying above all the moving averages. They've been running sideways for almost two months. Does that mean anything to anybody? If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, it should mean something to you. What about the 240 chart? Is anything jumping off the page? Well, let's look at this objectively. A, the first thing that jumped off the page at me is the convergence of moving averages around the 50 period and the 20 period, which just so happens is the low today. Now, also, yesterday had a big breakup candle, and all they're doing at present is building energy, is eating time off the clock inside of that big breakup candle. Can they run a test of the low of the breakup candle? They may, they can, until or unless they break the low and close below that low, she's still in a bullish position. Getting below that low of the breakup candle really opens the door to fill the gap, which is unfinished business down at 459. You can't see it on this chart, it's on a different chart. Here's the 120 minute chart, there's your gap at 459. And here's the same big breakup candle. They're just eating time off the clock, going back and forth inside of this big breakup candle until they're not. We don't assume they're going to fail. We don't think they're going to fail. It doesn't look like they're going to fail until they fail. Why is that? Because the first thing we have to notice is they do run a test of the lows of the breakup candles a lot. So even if they're coming down to the low, The first order of business is, are they running a test? Until they close below that low, it's just a test. Just because they're down at the lows doesn't mean a failure. If they're down at the lows, they're running a test. 
a failed test changes things. That's the way it works. Hourly chart, same routine, big breakup candle, the low is around 463 and change. And let me give inside the number members a clue. When you look at this space in between here, actually like the top of the candle and the bottom of the candle, there's really nothing you can hang your hat on from a legitimate standpoint. Just because there's a moving average, they cut through it yesterday, back down to it, doesn't mean it's going to be supportive of the market. It's a moving average, yeah, but that's not good enough for a trade. So when you take a look at this swath of points from low to high, what is the support area in there? Where's the trade? And really, there is none. They could fall all the way to the low. They could stop at any point in between. It's very difficult to point out or pick out a spot inside of these large candles, which is why this afternoon, as the market was falling, there wasn't a lot. And you'll see the notes in a moment. There wasn't a lot of places, hey, we can buy it here. It just didn't exist, at least from where I sit. Maybe they stopped at somebody else's number. That's fine. Why do I have Apple up on the screen? Because I want to point something out that we just discussed in the SPY or the S&P 500 chart, and I want to point it the same thing out on the Apple chart. Now, Apple's in an uptrend. It's above all the moving averages. Obviously, it's coming down, but still, above the moving averages, there's technically nothing wrong. However, we talked about yesterday's candle or today's candle reversing or engulfing that candle. Didn't happen on the SPY. And if I didn't use those terms before when we were discussing the candle, that's what it really is. Let's go back to the SPY and let me show you what I'm talking about. So yesterday's big up candle today was a gap in crap, but they didn't cover the entire candle. So it's just a pullback in an uptrend, nothing more, nothing less, until something else develops. So it's not an engulfing candle. They didn't reverse yesterday's candle. Fair enough. Now, Apple, on the other hand, has a slightly different scenario, but I want to point something really fine out. So yesterday's candle was a big up candle. They're taking a run at the highs once again, along with the rest of the market after the Fed or Kabuki Theater, and that's fine. But today, they got above the high, and they got below the low, so they basically painted the candle. It's an engulfing candle, but guess what? Look where they did close. They closed below the low, which makes it an engulfing candle, but look at this. Yesterday's low is 172.31. Today's close is 172.26. There are no accidents nor coincidences. I think that's an important development. If you're an Apple watcher, I'm not saying to short Apple. You know how I feel about Apple. I don't like to short Apple. I don't like to short the most loved and widest held stock in the market. Now, is it going to fall eventually? Absolutely. However, I don't want to short it. I don't want to fight the crowd. There's other fish to fry. By the way, let's take a peek at where Apple came today, found low, and bounced away from it. So the low here was 170.75, pretty close to a 170 fat number. What's the high over here? The high is 170.30. Again, the low here was 170.75. It's not on the button, but it's pretty darn close. So what would I say about that? Well, I would say about this that that's the area, A, the market ran up to. It told you it was important because it was rejected. Couldn't get any higher. So once it got over that, it constitutes itself as a breakout area. So what happens? The market comes back down to check in at or run a test of a former breakout area. Now, it may do a better job at a test tomorrow. That's not the point. The point is, 
look about where it found support. So you can see, once it started getting down into that zone, all of a sudden, mysteriously, buyers showed up in the stock. Here's a better line, and we can take a look at it from an intraday perspective. Here's a five-minute chart, so you can't see the line because it's slightly below by 30 or 40 or 50 cents, whatever it is. But look at this. All of a sudden, mysteriously, as they're falling, they find a low, they run a test, and then they at least start trending up a little bit into the end of the day. Now, what mysteriously happened to come up short? This is a 60-minute chart to come up short of this 100-period moving average. All of a sudden, they came into this area where the market spent some time eating time off the clock and then broke to the upside. So it's hard to pinpoint a specific number sometimes. They didn't come all the way down to the 170.30. But when you start looking over here, you could see where the market had a bull bear battle in here, right in this spot here. So today, that's where it decided to find support. You don't know whether it's going to come down to here some days. Some days it comes up short. That's where this is part art, part science. The science is finding the general area where A is going to be magnetic and B, they're going to have a reaction from back in the other direction. The art form is selecting the number close enough to where it looks like, at least at times, you're a swami. I'm not a swami. I just do the work. What about inside the numbers? What's going on in there today? We're going to run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. We had a happy Thursday. We're waking up to follow through and new all-time highs. That's important, at least in the pre-market. So, so far, we've had a failure of all-time highs. Let me go back to the chart for a second. Forgot to mention that. Here's the daily chart of the SPY. Now, you don't see it on this chart. Here's the high, 473.54. The high here today is 472.87. But when we're looking at the futures contract, and this is the March expiration contract we rolled last week, we're now in March 2022 expiration. So the previous high in this contract happened to be 47.35. Today's high happened to be 47.43 and a quarter. They did spike the high, and they so far have failed, but it's not necessarily a failure. Again, let's just do this one more time since we have the chart up on the screen. So yeah, they failed to break out here today. Doesn't mean they're going to fail tomorrow or next week. We don't know that. Again, they're still inside of this breakup candle. Again, we can use the spider. We can use the SPX. We can use the ES. Doesn't matter. They're inside of this breakup candle. So they run a test of the low, near the low. 50-period moving average. This is the daily chart. This is a bigger time frame. It's not intraday stuff. So first of all, until they get below the low here, then they'll be filling that gap we discussed about in the SPY. But here, they can still go back up. Just because they had a try or an attempt to break out today and failed doesn't mean that's a bona fide failed breakout. Now, what happens if today we finish down below the 50-period moving average, below this breakup candle low, below the gap at 459 in the SPY. Now, that would be a totally different scenario. Here, they made an attempt. They didn't get it done. They came back in, but there's still nothing wrong. They never got below the moving average. Today's low was what? Today's low was, in the ES, 46.42. What's the 20-period moving average? 46.39.91. Do you think that mattered? Yeah, I think that mattered. 
You don't know at the time that they're going to bounce there, but if you're looking at intraday charts and you find something else and you begin to put together a full stack, that's a different story. Not saying there was or there wasn't. Today, for me, there wasn't. But that's the way it's done anyway. One chart says one thing, another chart says something else, but it confirms what the last chart says. You look at a third chart and it confirms the same thing the other two charts says, but it says something else entirely. That's beginning to give you a full stack. All right, let's go on with the pre-market commentary and then we'll get through the notes and go on from there. New highs are synonymous with no man's land. So here's the net net. In no man's land, there's nothing to do. If they're pushing up to new highs, there's no resistance. You let them go until they formulate some kind of a storyline, create some kind of support and resistance areas. So you need some time. However, if they don't stay up there and they come back down, and the number we were talking about was 473.54. That was the high from November. While above, it's mainly a spectator sport. But once they get back below, things get interesting. And they did get interesting. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. Now, by 9 o'clock, we already knew they were playing games with the former high before the opening bell. We'll let them get the thing open, give Mrs. Market a chance to show her hand. Now we need to know something else as they start to come down further. The gap left open yesterday was 470.60, give or take. Now, that was nowhere near the all-time high, so we already see the writing on the wall. They may not visit it, but if they do, there should be a bull-bear battle around there. Below that, the door opens for 469.50. Back to the chart. Let's get our faculties. It's important. Right at the vertical, today's activity. Five-minute chart again. 470.60, as you can see, they came in between the two numbers, and then they bounced higher, so they gave a trade there but they came up short of the 469.50. So once that happened, and then it happened again, are we really interested in the 469.50? And the answer is, no, we're not. That's telling you the next destination is somewhere else. It's lower. So we'll take that one off the board and go back to the notes. So that was before the opening bell, 919. Now, 921, again, this is still pre-market. 472.20 to 472 zone is important if tested, could be met with buyers and a bounce in the spirit of being prepared. Now, I'm not saying buy it. I'm just saying these are the numbers. The market hasn't opened yet. We're going to let them trade out a little bit. That's always the first thing I say. We have to see and understand what the likely storyline is. Back to the chart. The top line is 472.20. Guess what? You could see where that was important. So check it out. They bust through it, come right back to run a test, back down to the other number, 470.60, Back to where? 472.20, and they couldn't get above, and then they gave it up, and that was really it for the day. That was what I would say is a last gasp. All before the opening bell. Pretty interesting. By 9.36, Adobe provided the deal. We'll get back to that later. It's from Stocks on the Move. Quick bounce from the spot around 472. If you look at a shorter-term chart, they did bounce, and then they got back below. I was prepared to buy the 469.50. That's when they came up short in between worked. It is what it is. Sometimes you get in the trades, sometimes you don't. Other traders took it in front. Other traders bought the 470.60 or somewhere in between. It's trader's choice. I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm telling you what I think. I'm giving you the numbers. Each trader can certainly adjust for their own risk tolerance for whatever they want to do. So they started floating around for a while. And by 9.55, here's what we're saying. Either they break out or they fill the gap and possibly continue to 469.50, give or take, or lower. As we know, in this case, it was lower. If they get there quick, I'm a buyer. They didn't do that. 
I wasn't a buyer there. And let me give you some mindset stuff. I had Adobe in the pocket already. It was a very quick and easy trade. They gave us the deal right away. So now I have a profit in the pocket and I'm saying, hey, since that is the case, I'm going to make them come to my number. I want 469.50. Market's a little more stretched at that point. You're better off getting a snapback from that number than the gap at 470.60. They didn't give it to me, but part of the reason was is because I already had a profit in the pocket. Listen, treating it as a business, you don't have to have a trade. I only want the trade at my price. I'm going to adjust my price based on what already happened. And we're moving along. The pivot. Back to the chart. Again, I'm saying 472 and a quarter before it was 472.20. It's the same number. And look what happened. Look at the high here. 472.29. Above, they're bullish. Below, they're not. 472 and a quarter is the pivot. A few minutes later, here comes the test. Getting above on candle closes, and they'll test the highs from this morning, or at least make an attempt in the neighborhood. They didn't do that. We know the result now, but at the time, that's your benchmark. If you see me put up a pivot on the board, pretty sure that's the pivot. Staying below is bearish, staying above is bullish. That's what a pivot's all about. 10.30, they're in the process of doing the thing. Traders who are long need to book profit along the way. They can come up short of the highs. There are some traders that want to buy the support. There are other traders that are willing to say, I see the target, I'm going to hop on board and ride it up to the target. That's not for everybody. Buying the lows isn't for everybody. Every trader can choose how they want to check the numbers, take the trades. I like to buy at a discount. I like to buy on sale. I like to buy when nobody else wants it. Sometimes, and most of the time, the best trades are the hardest ones to take because it doesn't look like you're right. But guess what? What have I always said? When it feels really, really right, it's typically wrong. When it feels really, really wrong, it's typically right. And we're moving along. I'm going to scroll up. Let you read the notes. Go back to the chart. Double check the work. If you're interested in how this works and what's in here, you'll pause the video, read the notes, and you'll double check for yourself. We're going to highlight this one, 1221. Traders who purchased the SPY or equivalent around the last line of defense 468.95 need to book profit along the way. Where does that come from? Comes back in here. The last line of defense is 468.95. Here's the chart again. 468.95 is the lower line. Look at this. Last line of defense. They come down to it and they hover. They hover. They hover. They're eating time off the clock. After they eat enough time off the clock and they can't bounce up, what do they do? Right after they tested this breakdown candle high, even on a five-minute chart, you see that over here. Then they finally broke down, they ran some tests, they couldn't really get back above it, and then they gave it up into the latter part of the day before bouncing into the close. Let me scroll up, let you read the rest of the notes for the rest of the day. Obviously, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. And this is the reason why I wasn't a buyer of the market because, and this is in the afternoon, technically the door was open for 464 and lower, which puts you in the neighborhood of that breakup candle low that I referenced before, which is also the main reason. What was on the board in terms of stocks on the move? Only four. The market was very quiet in the morning session. In the pre-market, there wasn't a lot of stuff moving around. We had Wayfair. We had Adobe. WBA, which is Walgreens Boots, didn't do the deal. Neither did LEN or Lennar. Although, Walgreens Boots came close. 48.40 was the number. Look what happened here. Below was 48.50, so they came up short by 10 cents. That's a heartbreaker, because look what happened later. 
they were at 50 bucks in no time. Wayfair, Wayfair bounced in front of the number by pennies. So the low here was 192.27, about 10, 11 cents short. And basically, it was taken off the table. They hovered, they ate time off the clock, they went down to the second number. The second number did the deal. The takeaway is you could see the numbers work. And Adobe is the kind of stuff you sign up for. Two numbers on the board, actually there were three. They came up short of the third one later in the day. But this trade was long over by then. So 574.75, 567.78. The third number was 555.31. Here the low is 556.15. It's a big stock, so when it comes up short, coming up short by a dollar is like coming up short on a dime on the other stock. But here, it's pretty obvious. They came into the numbers. This is a zone. When they're close together, and again, big stock, these numbers are rather close together. If you just divided this stock by 10 and made it a $57 stock, look how close these numbers are. This is a zone. They come into the zone. They have a reaction in the other direction. Look at the high here. 591.58. When you trade these big stocks, they give you an opportunity to gobble up a lot of points in a short period of time. A lot of traders get scared away from the big stocks because they're big stocks. So what if you don't have a lot of shares? They move a lot of points. The numbers work, and it did the deal. Let's turn our attention over to Camp IWM. So yesterday, you made a new low, you had somewhat of a reversal candle, and today, they're giving up the majority of those gains. In fact, they're giving up all the gains, they're right back down near the lows. Can they snap back tomorrow? Anything's possible. Quad witching options expiration week. Expect the unexpected. However, put that aside, let's just talk about the chart. The chart is in bad shape. They're teetering on that rubber band stretched place. It's clearer on the weekly chart. So where they close the week is going to mean a lot. Look where they are. They're below the convergence of those moving averages on weekly close. This will be the third week closing below those averages if they close below tomorrow. Eventually, they'll want to run a test of those averages, but closing below three weeks in a row after having run a test last week is an ominous sign. They will try and have snapbacks along the way. In fact, don't be surprised if at some point in time they do try and stage a rally back to two and a quarter. It's certainly possible. But this is in a downtrend, period, full stop. That will remain the case until they're not. So it is a sell-the-rip environment. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So we keep talking about the same thing, so we'll keep talking about the same thing. So we have a breakup candle low, 15,995 and change. I don't know how many times I've said that, but here it is. So they didn't close below it here. The close was above 16,000. Yesterday, the close was obviously above 16,000. And today, the closing price above 16,000, 16,001. What was the low today? 15963 so they rescued it to close back above that price. Rest assured, that's the reason they're down in this area. They're running tests. They're either going to give it up and come down, or it's going to hold, and they're going to get back above all the moving averages, meaning get back above the 50 and the 20. Right now, they're hovering near the lows. That's a bearish thing. When you look at the 240-minute chart, you see here they've given up the 100-period moving average that was support yesterday. They were riding it yesterday. They gave it up on close today. Again, that would be in the bearish side of the ledger. 120 chart, same routine, different moving averages. Here, they're below all the moving averages. They gave up the 20 that they had a rescue operation the last couple of days at. So guess what? Again, more bearish 
behavior. Hourly chart, below all the moving averages. Again, same routine. They're being held on by a thread. Here's an hourly chart, breakup candle low. The low is a little bit lower than the daily chart. Again, they ran a test, but they're hovering. They're teetering. The rubber band is either going to snap back or it's going to break. They're at that spot. So how about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? And this relates directly to my email indicator. So we'll just lay it out on the line. For the lazy swing trader folks, we're short the Qs from 399.80 twice. Once, twice. It's resistance till it's not, and 382.78 is support until it's not. So how does the email indicator fit in? Pretty simple. It went something like this. Hey, how come you didn't take profit the other day when they were down there and before the Fed meeting? Instead, we're almost back to where the second entry was. Why didn't we take profit before the Fed? And I'm going to give you the answer. Because I'm not in the trade for 15 points on the Qs. Sounds like a lot, but it's not a lot. I'm in the trade for a bigger move. When did the email indicator get activated? It was activated yesterday afternoon as they were having a jam session after Kabuki Theater. Now maybe you know why I call it Kabuki Theater. Anybody surprised at the movement in the financials today? No. Why is that? Because last night, we did this. We drew a line up, and I said, this is some kind of a wedge pattern, a bullish wedge, a flag pattern. Call it whatever you want. Even the smartest that was in the comments that said, that's not a flag pattern. I know what it is. My point is, it's a bullish pattern. I don't give a shit what you call it. What I said was, they're going to go up to 40 if they break out of this pattern. What did they do? They went up to 39, like 75 today. What was the high exactly? about 39.74. They didn't fill the gap yet, but they went in that direction. Closed below the 50 period moving average, garden variety market behavior. Here's a word to the wise. If you're gonna start making comments under the videos and wanna show how smart you are, or you wanna prove that you're smarter than me, at least have something smart to say. Otherwise, you go on the hall of shame. Smash mouth. Talk about a reversal. Now, didn't paint the whole candle meaning they didn't close below the low, but they got pretty close. Look at the volume. Look at the volume on yesterday's up move. Look at the volume on today's down move. Now that tells a tale. Your volume, 5 million yesterday, over 7 million today, that's a distinct difference. Big up day, big down day. I'll take the volume on the down day being up as evidence that there's likely more downside coming. Big swings in both directions. Don't let that get lost on you. When you see the market up big, regardless of what it is, SMH, SPY, Qs, doesn't make any difference. When you see that up big on any given day after a big down day, or vice versa, expect the unexpected. In fact, that's normal garden variety corrective behavior. You get short squeezes, buying begets buying, panic buying sets in, and guess what? The folks doing that are wrong 98.7% of the time. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.